Okay, hi everybody. So here is our next podcast about, this time we're going to talk about the 6105-8110. Um, as I said the last time, we are not in some kind of special booth or room or anything, though this time we're not in bed. We're at the kitchen table. We were at the kitchen table. <laughs> and But that means that like our videos, the world can explode at any moment. So I might have to edit that out if it does. Anyway, the... 6105-8110, um, I did my research on it, and they're from 1970 to 1977? Yeah, about there. Okay. Um, so there are a few that were from, that have later case backs than that, but they're sort of mysterious. What do you mean? Uh, they're mysterious because, like, there's, like, a big gap of, like, they stopped, the, 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 the case back date stopped in like 77, 70, maybe 78, I don't quite remember. But I remember one popping up that was original and it was from like 1979, like late 1979. It was very strange. And, but it had an unusual handset, but it looked like it was completely original Seiko. And we didn't know where it came from. Maybe it was made out of service parts. It's unknown. Okay, sorry, mm. the dog's barking in the background. He found a cat. Um, anyway, so I was reading there are two different models, the 8110 and the 8119. Are there any differences and where were they both released? I'm assuming one was in Japan and one was in North America. But. Well, no, there's North, nine is North America. Oh. At, this, at that time frame in 1970, 1971, nine was North America, just like the 6139-6009, which was North America versus the 6139-6000, which was world and also Japan. But so... The world, the 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 regular world one is eighty one ten. The 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 American one is eighty one nineteen. And as a result, actually, the numbers of eighty one nineteens is actually far lower than eighty one tens. Really? Oh yeah. And what's interesting is guys here in the United States were always like, <clears throat> when I first started collecting, they would they would look down their noses as eighty one nineteens. Oh, nobody wants those. They want the eighty one tens. They're literally identical. One is for North America. One is for world. And they were being silly because the 8119s are rarer. So is that why you have an 8110 that I am holding? Uh, no, I have an 8110 because that case back is personalized. And it's the only 6105 that we've had come through here that I haven't been able to justify selling. Oh, okay. Uh, we've had, believe me, I've had some beautiful 6105s recently and they've all been sold. Okay. Um, let's see what other questions did I have. Uh, sorry, people, about the dog. Let's see, so why, I was reading about, so was this like the first model of watch to have water resistant written on it or waterproof? I saw something about uh, This is, the Seiko transitioned, the very first ones of these, the, the big case, the cushion case ones, came out, they were proof models, but they, they only made those, gosh, for a, five or six months or something else like this. And that's when people say Seiko proof proof. Mm -hmm. They are talking about the 6105s with proof case and dial. So that would have come out in 1970. Yeah, 1970, really in the beginning of 1970. Sorry folks for the dog. Sorry for the dog. <laughs> Hang on. Rocket! Okay, sorry about that. We had to find a way to distract the dog. Um, so the way it worked is it was proof marked for uh, a number of months in 1970 and then they went to resist and it stayed resist until the end of their run. 
Okay. But they weren't the first one. They they were the they were the last ones to be marked proof. The first ones to be marked resist. Oh, okay. Isn't that what I kind of asked? Kind of, yeah, basically. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. So they were. Oh wait, wait. What? That's actually that's not true. <gasps> I said something wrong. Uh oh. The slim case sixty one oh five, eight thousands in America. They were the eight thousand nine. So, and, and again, not very much fewer of them were made. The 6130, the 6105 8009 resist is extremely rare. They are rare, rare, rare. Not as rare, though, as the 61, 6105 uh, 8009 proofs. Those are apparently pretty rare as well. But the first resist, I believe, actually would have been the Slim K6105 8009. Don't shoot me if I'm wrong. Uh -huh. I could be wrong. Somebody, if they know so, will tell you so. Okay. Um, okay, so these were super popular with American soldiers in Vietnam, and it was worn by Martin Sheen in Apocalypse Now. Correct. Actually, all Seikos, not all Seikos, but Seiko was deeply embedded with the United States military. You could buy Seikos at, at every base uh, here in the country and overseas. Seiko had a, from what I've read, Seiko got a great reputation when compared to, say, Swiss watches or American watches because they were durable. They were complete, they were waterproof, they were self-winding, they had really strong loom, and you could get them right on base. And so they had a real sort of, like, cachet style for soldiers who had adopted them in the field, and they, they brought them home. And, and then started buying more. It's one of the reasons why the 70s belonged to Seiko. Well, I have one of the army military issued uh, watches from Vietnam War and they're really crappy. And this, <laughs> this thing I'm holding right now seems it would really be able to hold up in the well, jungle. I wouldn't say, oh, I mean, those Vietnam watches, they're like the issue watches, like the Bulova ones that we have there, the DTUAP, whatever the heck they are, they're the actual issue watches. The ones that, that I have that... Right, they have Benrus movements in them. Yeah, but they feel like I could, I, I couldn't like, st I'd have to stomp on this to, to break it. I'd have to, I could step on. Well, those things, they're, they're really lightly built. They're small. They're hand wind only they have an acrylic crystal that is a that is a pressure fit they're not terribly water resistant they have this really sort of complicated loom setup that was demanded by a government contract and uh it was you know guys some people i knew i've heard of spoken to wore theirs but most of the time when you see pictures you talk to vets they wore their private purchase watches not the issue ones okay um let's see one thing that I thought was interesting was that the the crown says lock. Do any other watches have a crown that says lock? Uh, not in, not in Seiko. Not well, that, I mean, we're talking about Seiko. We're not talking. Well, about I, it's a general thing. No, that's because the sixty one oh five eighty one ten and eighty one nineteen whatever the cushion case had this like transitional style crown. The earlier 6105s didn't, the crown didn't lock or do anything at all. It was just sitting there. And what could happen if it was underwater or you had moisture around it in the crown that you could just turn the crown? It would just turn. Mm -hmm. And that would help water get into the inside the watch. Mm -hmm. There's a reason why so many of those first gen 6105s are destroyed, why it's so rare to see them with good dial and hand loom because they're almost all destroyed. So Seiko's sort of half measure was to actually put a locking pin on there to stop the crown from rotating on its own. But that didn't really, it wasn't a good long-term solution. 
and um, and so they went to they they in the the next generation sixty three oh six and sixty three oh nine they actually went with a screw down crown. Okay. Um. Hang on a second. Rocket is has got his rabbit. He's all fired up from dinner. He wants to play. Rocket, would you give me this? Give me that. Give me that. Why'd you stop it? I didn't stop. Okay, it. don't stop it. There, Rocket, go get your rabbit. Sorry, now it's playing with dog time because I fed him way too early and he's all fired he's up. He's all fired up, but then maybe that means he won't try to eat us before bed. <laughs> anyway, okay, so the straps that you have it on a Jonathan East Tech bracelet right now. You have yours on that. Correct. But the straps they came on was the XG L seven three one. Also called the tire tread. And the ZLM01. Which is the waffle, I believe. And then the other one, I couldn't find this a, one right here. Yeah, a serial number or whatever for, but it's called the Willard Chocolate Bar. Yeah, and actually the Willard Chocolate Bar is interesting. There was just just found, turned up in Japan, a new old stock 6159-7000 with the box and everything else. And it had a Willard Chocolate Bar in orange. Really? Which a lot of people had um, speculated might have existed, but as far as I know, one had not been found before. And so now, since there's a documented example that has those, there's been a race to produce from the two companies that produce Willards to make them in orange. Is Uncle Seiko? Uncle Seiko's one of them. The other one, of course, is William Jean. I don't know who that is. That's the, remember, he was like, is this this NATO 9 something or other thing? And I was like, yeah, that's it. I don't know why he changed his name, but... Okay. Used to be just William Jean, W. Jean. But. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, I have one here. An orange one? Uh huh. Oh, okay. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. On my side of things, this takes a 320W10GN00 Type 2. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> and uh, it, this is a good time to talk about the Type 2. I'm super, super, super proud of the Type 2s. We both are because when we inherited, when Jonathan moved his crystals to us before he died, he had been making the type one and the type and his type three. But I noticed over the intervening years that when I, I, I got in so many 6105, 8110s that were unrestored and original and the vast majority of them had type twos. And I'm like, well, why don't we, why don't we make these things? And everybody's like, well, you don't need to do that. And we made them and boy, they're, they're yeah, good they sellers. They sell more than <clears throat> the other one. Well, that's because the type one is either because you like the way it looks or it's for a very small amount of watches. That were made with them in the very, very beginning. Right, so, and the type threes, I don't know, people they're buy more them. Of a, I, th I think of them as more of a modification thing. Yeah. I'm still thinking about the type fours, whether or not we should produce those. I don't know, we'll think about it still. Uh, let's see. Um, okay, you were telling me about the black loom issue and how it's impossible to clean it. Yeah, well, it, it's so far I have not managed to clean it. I have experimented with different kinds of chemicals. I've experimented with different, I, I've experimented with all kinds of different stuff trying to lessen that. What the black stuff is, is it's not, people call it mold, but it's not mold. What it is, is that the Seiko loom is salt-based. You get water in and it kind of activates. And what it does is it starts basically corroding the, the, the brass of the, of, the, 
of the dial and you start getting these this corrosive material seeping in amongst the loom crystals. Does this happen mo mostly in 6105s or does it happen in all of them? Well, in all vintage Seiko, it's 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 a it's a, an issue. It's more of an issue with 6105s mostly because one they're dive watches, but two, mm -hmm. they have a lot of loom and so they pull a lot of water. They do. Oh yeah, but any any other 6105 any other Seiko of that time is that it's capable of having that happen. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, so why don't you tell me what kind of movement is in it? Uh, the 6105 movement, the first gen was the A and the next gen was the B. Um, the A doesn't hack, the B does hack. Correct. Uh, 6105 movement is, it's a derivation of the, it's just one of the 6000 series movements, like a 6105 and the 6106, which is a standard movement, Seiko used a ton of them, and the 6119, really the only difference between them is because, um, is the fact, is how the day, the date is quick set. Um, with the 6105, you, it's got a fixed crown, so you can't have what the 6106 has, which is a push quick set. So you, they have, in fact, a pull out and turn quick set, like the 6138s. 6138 was, was pretty much the first the first non-diver to come up with that and they use the same system. I, I don't know, I think there's... A, what, no, it's oh, there's because there's, there's a pistachio in the water. <laughs> the dog is trying to get a... He's trying to eat the pistachio. Pistachio out of the... Can you get it out? What, what, you're... What, why, good? What? <laughs> there is a pistachio well, in the he pet got it. water he has and it. now I need to pause to get the pistachio out of the dog's mouth. Are you in? And the pistachio has been, been rescued, rescued in, in the garbage. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, we were talking about loom. Uh, we, no, we were talking about the pull movement. The, set, the movement, okay. So, but other than that, other than the, the quick set, pull to, pull to quick set or push to quick set, everything else is the same. For, I mean, there are minor variations that can come up. Some In some of them, the plate edges are beveled. In some of them, the plate edges are straight up and down. Uh, there's no rhyme or reason for that. It, there's no, it's not early or late or one doesn't matter too much for the other. They, they have the same jeweling. They use all the same parts. Uh, the, the real kicker, I mean, they even use the same hacking lever. Uh, the real kicker, though, is the main plate. The main plate for 6105B is only used for the 6105B and the 6117Bs. Uh, which is the world time watches period that's it and so if your main plate gets roasted then you are you are out of luck don't hit my hand that weird noise you might hear is is rocket he makes the strangest noises that i've never heard any creature except for a wookie make so if you he sounds like somebody stepping on a weird car horn but an old-timey one with the rubber thing but it's a sort of a squashed horn so if you hear some weird noises uh, it's it's rocky. <laughs> and now I'm now I'm playing with him and his rabbit while I'm talking to you all. Yes. Okay. Um, are you done talking about the movement? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Um, oh, though I can't say one more thing. In the next successive generation, the 6309s, the 6309s even are still just a derivation of that original family. And in fact, a lot of the parts will swap across one movement to the other, and it also uses pull and turn to set, but it has a different setup, different way to do it. Okay, so I read that there are a lot of fake bezels. There's a lot of fake everything when it comes to 6105. 
Okay, so are any of them done well? No. Well, that's not true. There, the, there's, for a good number of years now, there have been makers who do handsets like the hour and minute hands that do them very, very well. The metal, the loom is, well, it glows, so it's obviously not correct. But it, they, those, those hands can be reloomed and they look good. No one, no one does the sweep hands right. There's a new sweep hand that's coming that is out now that is better but it's still not right. I have a video where I actually do a compare contrast of the different um, of the different sweep hands. And even though I should back up, the hour and minute hands are good, they're still not perfect. They they have too much curve on the front and the back tips. Um, they should be flatter, but you know, but the rest of it, like there isn't a single decent reproduction dial. Like they're not even like, not even close. They're just, they're just God awful. They're so bad. All right. Uh, but I read something specifically about bezels. Oh, uh, well, the thing is, is the bezels on these, the coinage bezels, as far as I know, no one makes them. And it's the same problem with the inserts. The only relatively decent insert is um, Yaboki's. Mm -hmm. um, and his are mostly correct. They're not quite as durable. They have a few differences. But his loom is good. The loom pips are good. That's the closest thing. But the killer, the killer with a 6105 is the dial, is the hands, is the loom condition. So when you get, like that watch you're looking at right there, that's mm -hmm. entirely original. Well, of course it is. But to have that that level of condition, I mean, versus one that has a little bit of patina, a little bit of darkening, the value is is markedly big, is big between those two things just because original loom is so important. Okay, well, speaking of value, I was reading the Worn and Wound article from five years ago, and it was calling this an affordable vintage watch for five years ago. How much did it cost five years ago? Do you remember? Um, I remember five years ago, you could get them for a long time. 6105s were hovering. It was weird. You couldn't get garbage. You couldn't get a completely destroyed 6105 for less than $300, $350. But you couldn't sell a pretty decent 6105 unrestored for more than like five or $600. It was really strange. Like that, there, the, the, the floor was pretty high, but the ceiling was pretty low. And like, I remember the first time I got, I was, I sold a 6105 unrestored for four figures. And that was because it had its original box and the original waffle strap on it and that watch sold for real money and they started going up in value at that time um and but i remember the very first 6105 i bought which wasn't bad and i paid um 300 for it and the old timers just thought i was insane no 6105 will ever be worth that what are they worth now i don't know these are the same people that were that said 6159 i can't believe a 6159 sold for 1400 dollars. that's insane and now they're worth 10 grand. Well, that's whatever. fine, but that doesn't answer. What do they sell for now? Yeah. Um, good unrestored 6105s, like with decent loom, um, are going to sell in the 1200 range. I sold an exceptional early transition 6105 8110 uh, for $1,800 a few weeks ago. It was, it, it was nice. It was nice. But you can get what... Larry uh, Bullen at, at uh, Uncle Seiko calls a, a beater 6105. I think he sells them for, I don't know, $1,000, $1,200. They're going up in value because they have such, they have such, you know, it's one of the few 
Seiko models like the Pogue, where non-Seiko people know what it is. Oh well, yeah, it's like the quintessential uh, Seiko dive watch from the seventies. Yeah, and it's and you do have to admit, if you look at it, one thing I will say: the sixty-one hundred five is so unique. The case design is so amazing. I mean, you compare it to this. That's a Rolex five five one three, which is a you know a, a classic standard dive watch, and it's kind of stodgy in a way. But if you look at the case design of Seiko, like the like the the undercut, like the the ergonomics of how mm -hmm. it's supposed to sit on the wrist, mm -hmm. and this beautiful asymmetric case with these flanges that act as a crown guard, it's just it it's aesthetically it's just a beautiful piece of industrial design, very unusual for its time and still unusual for its time because most dive watches from that era look like that, or they look like this thing, which is a, a, a Zodiac Seawolf. Wait, people literally, I don't see how this is a functioning dive. That's a functioning dive watch. Zodiac Seawolf, absolutely. I guess I'm so used to like grandfather. So, so that's the thing. Okay, imagine you're in Vietnam or you're a soldier in 1967 or whenever the heck it is. And you and your buddies have things like this, that mm -hmm. little, little watch. Mm -hmm. And that's what you've been wearing. Or you can buy one of those things. Yeah, I'd buy the, the big manly one. So, okay, I guess... That's it. Really? Okay. The biggest thing, since we're talking 6105s, the number one big thing, people are like, I want to get one and, and, and maybe they try to save some money. They try to buy one that's a little roasted and they want to try to make it perfect. They want to they wanna restore it to like new. It's impossible. You can't do it. Even relooming, it's not, it's going to damage the, the value. So if you're going to buy one of these buy the best one you possibly can with an eye specifically mostly on the loom condition dial in hands dial in hands case is second up to that at least a case can in theory be touched up a little bit dial in hands are forever okay rocket is eating my hoodie <laughs> so we're gonna go thanks for listening rocket stop eating my hoodie thank you